Welcome to Perspectives on Youth Sports. I'm Tony Segreto. Join us as we discuss the impact of youth sports with some of the great leaders of business, entertainment, and sports. To learn more, visit TonySegretoSports.com. And now for today's show. Joining us today, we are so honored to have Dr. Jarrett Conrad. Dr. Conrad is very passionate about education. He earned a bachelor's degree from the University of Illinois, two master's degrees from Cornell University, and a doctor of education degree from the University of North Florida. He's a certified intercultural sensitivity expert and a certified emotional intelligence expert. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what does this have to do with youth athletics? Well, Dr. Jarek Conrad is a passionate, passionate sports fan. And as you will hear, a passionate St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. He recently wrote a blog that has been published and now you can read on TonySegretoSports.com concerning the latest issue with the national anthem and our sports teams, and especially what's going on in the NFL. In many cases, it's dividing communities, certainly dividing teams, both on the field and in the locker room. And it's brought out major debate, hopefully for the good, but some think not so much. Dr. Conrad decided it was time to speak out. The blog was his first step, and this is his second. And I think you're gonna find this extremely interesting because this directly impacts our youth and directly impacts the coaches who coach our youth. So coaches, listen up. Parents, listen up. This impacts all of us. This is an issue we need to discuss, we need to address, and we need to take advantage of the opportunity because now it is forefront in everyone's mind. Here's Dr. Jarrett Conrad on perspectives in youth athletics. Well, first of all, Dr. Conrad, I, I can't thank you enough. I, I know uh, fitting fitting us into your schedule, that's quite, quite busy. It's not the easiest thing to do, so we appreciate your time, but we truly believe uh, with with the issues that are out there now, especially surrounding the National Football League and, and all the sports, especially the professional sports concerning the national anthem, um, is is so important for the youth that are uh, that are participating in in athletics around the country and their parents and their coaches. Um, so many times, as you well know, Dr. Conrad, growing up in East St. Louis, Illinois, and, and being a sports fan yourself, you look up to these athletes and, and even coaches sometimes as, as, as your idol. And uh, I can't tell you how many of our friends growing up wanted to emulate Mickey Mantle uh, or the great Ernie Banks or Vic Power or people like that. Batting stances would be exactly the same. But you recently you wrote. Didn't, you didn't mention any St. Louis Cardinals in that. I'm, you know. Well, we we, could, we 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 should mention for full transparency that Dr. Conrad is a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan, and he's lamenting <laughs> as watching the playoffs that his beloved Cardinals are not in it. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, listen, if we could all do backflips like Ozzy, we'd all be better in better shape, wouldn't we? <laughs> right, uh, right. You wrote a blog recently that we have posted on Tony Segretto Sports. Um, don't lose sight of the goal. Uh, we've in the intro here. Uh, we've talked about uh, who you are and 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 your role in our society. Give us your thoughts on, kind of give us the foundational aspect of why you wrote the blog and your thoughts on what's happening now. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, well, first of all, you know, thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to talk about this. Uh, this is one of those things where, you know, people either talk over each other, they talk at each other, and they don't necessarily talk to each other. So, uh, in writing the blog, my hope was that, you know, maybe it would get to someone who's just not in the choir, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't already believe what I believe, uh, because, you know, otherwise we're, we're never going to move forward. So thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about this important issue. Um, you know, as I sat back and, and, and look at this issue, what, what made me write about it, uh, above all the other things I could have written about over this year, what made me really sit down and write something about this is I, I thought it was a perfect example of where we are as a country. Uh, from an I, 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 yeah, idealistic standpoint, you know, how, how we think about ideas and, uh, this, this particular issue, I mean, it's certainly cut, you know, split directly. Uh, across racial lines. And I just thought it was the perfect example where you get a couple of groups who uh, are looking at the, the, the issue differently or feeling different things or seeing the same thing, but walking away with a total different perception uh, of what they're seeing. So uh, I really felt compelled to at least give my perspective on it. So your perspective and again, the, the title of your blog and 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 I urge everyone who is listening to this podcast to go to TonySegretosports.com and read this blog. It's so beautifully written, eloquently said. Um, and to to just encapsulate encapsulate the the second paragraph of the blog, just the fans. people are questioning the patriotism of players who take a knee. I honestly believe the protesters may be just as patriotic, if not more patriotic, as those who don't. You want to tell me your thoughts on don't lose sight of the goal and your perceptions and and how we can bring people together to understand the reason that all of this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, the whole idea behind the title is get to a place where things like race and gender and sexual orientation and all that stuff doesn't matter. You know, that we can respect each other as human beings and we can see deeper than just those external factors or even internal factors that separate us. So in my mind, that is the goal line that, you know, we can recognize these differences and not ignore them, not, you know, uh, wipe them away, uh, but but embrace them and appreciate them. So that, that's my idea of the goal line. And as it relates to the, uh, the whole patriotism notion, I, I, I thought that it has become more of a distraction. So I think that some clever folks who may not be as passionate about getting to that goal line that I want to get to, uh, who, you know, maybe not want to see uh, the status quo change as much as it has been changing over the last several years. Uh, how can we find something that can unite people in opposition to this protest? And this was just the easiest, lowest hanging fruit, I thought. Uh, because, you know, who's going to want to insult the military? I mean, who's not appreciative of the service of uh, the folks who fought and many who died uh, to preserve our freedoms? I mean, that, you know, that is a universal uh, notion, uh, you know, with African-Americans feeling the same way, uh, particularly in, in, in a lot of African-Americans serve as well. Um, you know, African-Americans have, have lost relatives uh, fighting uh, to defend the country and the Constitution and what we stand for. Uh, if, if you remember, one of the ways that African-Americans 
uh, fought to kind of gain this idea of citizenship was to fight. The idea was if we can, you know, be enlisted and if we can fight alongside of people who are not African-Americans that approve, you know, our patriotism and then maybe people will treat us as equals. So, you know, we have a long history of uh, you know, military service and people dying for, uh, you know, the right to protest. And for me, it's deeper than just a symbol. Uh, you know that my focus is emotional intelligence and the flag is symbolic and it conjures up a lot of emotions. And I, I think that's wonderful, except for uh, those emotions hijack our critical thinking abilities. And for me, it's deeper than just that symbol of the flag waving. It is, well, what does this flag represent? And when you get into the, the words of the, the national anthem and the words of, uh, uh, you know, God bless America, when you get into that, it talks about, uh, you know, equality. It talks about, uh, you know, freedom. And the original protest was, look, African-Americans, in some ways, we don't experience the same level of freedom, uh, freedom from both a physical standpoint and freedom from a psychological standpoint. And there's study after study after study that illustrates the fact that, you know, across almost all sectors of American life, there are still some disparities that African-Americans experience. Uh, as well as women, for that matter, and, and, you know, other groups, but specifically as it relates to this issue. Um, so so the data suggests that there should be some concerns, that we have some legitimate concerns, uh, and that we don't feel freedom in the same sense, you know, uh, that, that everybody else does. And we just want to be 100% citizens like everybody else. That, that was the real protest. And to to use the red herring of, you know, the military and, um, you know, the fact that this is somehow uh, in protest of the military or, um, you know, trying to disparage or dishonor the military. That just, you know, that I thought was the hijacking that occurred. To refresh everyone's memory, Dr. Conrad is a certified intercultural sensitivity expert, and as he mentioned, a certified emotional intelligence expert. So the question is, and we should mention, we tape this this podcast on October the 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Coast Time, and at 1.51 on October 10th, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell issued a memo to all 32 teams. And I'm not sure if you've, you've heard about this, Dr. Conrad, or not. But um, basically, uh, he said Goodell stated that the league believes, and we quote here, that everyone should stand for the national anthem. And that, quote, the controversy over the anthem is a barrier to having honest conversations and making real progress on the underlying issues. He went on to say that we live in a country that can feel very divided. Sports and especially the NFL brings people together and lets them set aside those divisions, at least for a few hours. The current dispute over the national anthem is threatening to erode the unifying power of our game and is now dividing us and our players from many fans across the country. Your thoughts? Well, um, you know, I haven't read that and I'd have to think through it a little bit. But my initial reaction is uh, it's just interesting to me that people feel that they have been traumatized or victimized in some way. And again, the data reflects that there, there is some validity to that. And by voicing the concern, which by the way, 
Nobody is disgracing the flag, you know, disparaging the flag or burning the flag or turning away from the flag or anything like that. Uh, it may be said that, you know, for some people, you know, make, taking a knee and still putting your hand on your heart and still looking at the flag is still honoring the flag. It's just saying that we're not living up to 100 percent of what these words say, particularly for one group um, over a, a long period of our history. But for people to get upset, just just, you know, really emotional and hurt and upset about the protest and not be equally as upset about the reason for the protest. I mean, I just wish that some of those people would have been just as vocal about the fact that African-Americans are sometimes uh, treated unfairly in the criminal justice system, that African-Americans are sometimes treated unfairly in employment situations, that African-Americans are sometimes sometimes treated unfairly in health uh, situations that lead to poor health outcomes. Where was this same level of of anger, of frustration, uh, of disappointment, of you know all those emotions? I, I just wish that that level of, of 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 interest and you know that level of energy uh, could be devoted into fixing the issues that we have, as opposed to being upset that somebody has the nerve to complain about not being treated like a full citizen. That that, that is my frustration. So that leads me to the question, sticking to our, our core beliefs here at Tony Segreto Sports and perspectives in youth athletics. How do you address the young people playing athletics today who have the national anthem played every night or every afternoon before whatever sport they're playing? What do you tell parents? What do you tell coaches? How is the best way and what is the best way for us as adults to talk about this the young people who play athletics today? I think being honest. So I think, you know, if you go back to why anybody does any kind of protest, it is because they don't believe enough attention has been given uh, to a particular issue. And an NFL player says, look, you know, here is my platform. You know, people do look up to me. My words maybe mean something than the everyday citizen just because I have this unique platform. So I'm going to use this unique platform to voice my protest, which is what they, they did. I wish that there was a great deal of honesty with people saying, look, this person has a right, has a reason, not only a right to protest, but a legitimate protest. When we look at this data, when we look at the experiences that African-Americans lead in our country, we know that we don't have a level playing field yet. So rarely have I heard anybody start there. Rarely. Sometimes people will say, well, we have work to do, but they don't get into specificity around the work that we have to do. And so I, I, you know, I think for a parent or a kid who is old enough to have formed their own ideas about the world and how the world sees them. I mean, that's kind of an individual case. I wouldn't advise them to take a knee, not take a knee. I I just, you know, I got to leave that up to how that family feels like they want to deal with this. But if I am a coach, if I'm an institution, uh, I I would need to be out front to say that, you know, we're not we're not doing uh, we're not holding dear those values that are that are that we espouse. And there is a legitimate concern that people of color are not treated equitably or are not on a level playing field. And let's get to work at trying to fix that. And if we can get the work at trying to fix that, the discussion about taking a knee becomes moot. 
because there's attention given to the issue and there's some activity. But I haven't heard about any new programs being developed, any new training being established, any new, uh, the NFL hasn't convened the, the best leaders in the country on issues of race relations to sit down and have community forums to talk about, you know, what's going on. Uh, in the lives of these players and their families. I, I, I don't see that activity. And my guess would be if there were some activity on that side that said we're in earnestly, we're in earnest going to, uh, uh, attack this issue proactively and figure out what kind of, uh, uh tangible, uh, solutions we can put in place. If, P, if the NFL and other entities agreed to do that, my guess would be there would be no need for the protest that, you know, people would say, look, OK, our voice has been heard. Uh, the NFL is committed to work on this uh, in a level on a level that they've never worked before. And we're going to start making some progress here. Th that's to me how you avert the protest is you you tackle the issue that people are protesting for. Um, if oh, go ahead, go ahead, Tony. No, no, I, which I agree. And, and I think that if if. If I think you know me well enough, and I try to have that glass half full. So my thoughts now are, especially for parents, and and like you said, it's it's up to the to the to, to the young person old enough to understand the parents. Uh, they have to make their own decisions. But I think it's time that because of all of this publicity, like it or not, positive and or negative, it's it's paramount for parents and sometimes coaches, because coaches in many cases, uh, Dr. Conrad, as you well know, spend more time with these young athletes than parents do, because a lot of them um, may be having two jobs, they get home late. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a active, very busy world. Um, now is the time since it's in the forefront to truly address this issue and, and make it, something positive rather than negative and make it something that's transparent so that everybody truly knows what the, what the situation is. And, and as you said, so eloquently trying to figure out how to move forward from this. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. And um, I, I gotta be honest and I know uh, your listeners are, you, you're going to have a lot of coaches listening to the program. And I have to be honest to say, I'm, I'm disappointed uh, that I have not seen more coaches stand up. I mean, we saw Greg Popovich with uh, uh, an NBA uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. who have been very outspoken about this issue. But I'm talking about at all levels, from youth sports through uh, the collegiate level, through the professional level. Uh, coaches have a really unique experience. Uh, many coaches uh, uh, have been you know, kind of fathers or, you know, kind of father figures for uh, African-American uh, athletes who may not have had that father figure. The coaches have seen and have a level of experience and a level of closeness uh, with people who don't look like them in a way that a lot of Americans don't get. You know, we're still very segregated uh, in our society. Uh, we live around people who look like us and think like us. Um, but uh, if you look at the maps uh, that show the racial segregation in America, it's still very profound. So coaches are very unique. I'm, I'm trying to think of another group like coaches that have this unprecedented access and uh, this unprecedented interaction with 
athletes and their parents across these racial lines. Very they, few. Very few. Very few. Um, yeah, when you think about it, we, the, the, the young person plays sports because or, or, or a sport, the sport they choose, because they love it. They're yeah. not forced to in many. Well, hopefully they're not forced to. That's why we're doing these podcasts. And that's <laughs> right, why we're right, doing right. this website, um, because, you know, you, you, it's a federal mandate. You need to go to school. You need to get the education. So you, you're forced to be there, but you're not forced to to go to to play sports. So it's unprecedented. And in many cases, uh, coaches know more about the, the child, the, their athlete than parents do. Shamefully to say. Absolutely. And they have these, they, 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 you know, they have student, they have athletes or student athletes from all backgrounds on those teams and they work together toward a common goal. And I mean, it, you know, it's kind of a, a, a microcosm of what America could be. Um, yet I don't see coaches standing up to say, look, the playing field is not level. Uh, as it relates, I'm trying to create a level playing field on this team, but as it relates to our society, the playing field is not level. Some specific instances where we feel that the playing field is not level, and this is where we demand uh, that our leaders uh, step up and enact policies and uh, programs and ideas, you know, to 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 help level the playing field. If, if we see coaches stand up in that way, here's my experiences over the last 20 years coaching. I've coached kids from, you know, from the projects in East St. Louis all the way to, you know, wealthy communities. And this is what I found. And this is what I experiences. Uh, this is what my experience has been. They can do a lot to overcome stereotypes. They can do a lot uh, to put pressure on decision makers to make better decisions. Uh, as it relates to the policies that affect communities at disproportional rates. So I want to hear more uh, from coaches. I, I want to see them out front more because, they, again, they have this unique role uh, in our society. Uh, again, Tony, when you look at uh, the article I wrote, and even if you look at the comments to it, if you turn on the television and you hear about this debate, nobody is showing you data out racial outcomes in America. Nobody is using critical thinking skills to determine whether or not there is a legitimate argument that you know, the playing field is not level. That's where the focus ought to be. And there would be no need for protests if we said we are earnestly going to try to work and um, and change this story. So I, I just, um, in, in some ways, um, I'm sure some of the players feel this a little bit insulting um, I have been hurt emotionally by this. Uh, some of them are very fearful. They live in communities where uh, they have perceived this poor relationship between the police and their communities, for instance. Uh, some of them feel like, you know, even though I make a lot of money and everybody says, why am I complaining? Because I make a lot of money. When I leave the stadium and I take off my uniform and I'm driving around a neighborhood, uh, if I run into, you know, somebody who has that happens to have some stereotypes about people who look like me, I'm just as in danger as anybody else. It doesn't matter how much money I make. My, my life uh, is still impacted by the color of my skin. Uh, I, and let me put my feelings aside because I am, you know, hurting your feelings by not giving my full, you know, attention and my full devotion to this flag. I'm, I'm insulting you by not doing that. So let me be, let me take the higher road and let me step back and 
let me continue to be insulted um, so I can make you feel better. That, that, you know, think about somebody in that kind of situation. Well put, well put. And, 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 and I hope that this is the start, um, especially when it comes to coaches that are listening to this. And, uh, you know, sometimes as, as you all know, Dr. Conrad, that there's, there's this belief that if you close your eyes and ignore it, it'll go away. Um, Absolutely. And I think this is one of those times where it's not going to go away. It hasn't gone away. And we now have a perfect springboard and platform by which we can address this and be honest. And I think as, as again, as you put it, honesty is by far the best policy and moving forward using critical thinking. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time. I, I wish we had more time because I, there, there's so many more questions. And, uh, and I do believe we'll, I know we'll have you back on uh, as we continue to grow our, our, uh, and go through this process of trying to impact if, if only one player or only one coach uh, or only one set of parents, because we believe that it's important that we keep perspectives in youth athletics and, and having you on really meant the world to us. Well, I certainly appreciate it. Thanks again uh, for taking the opportunity. And I just, you know, in closing, I, I'd like to say I'm optimistic. I mean, I really do think that this is a, an opportunity. Uh, like you said, I mean, it's a chance that um, it can be a springboard. But I fear uh, that we may miss this opportunity as we have missed so many other opportunities because we're not focused on the, the core issue. Well, I pray that we don't. And uh, I, I hope that even though your beloved Cardinals are not in the baseball playoffs, <laughs> that you're still watching some really good competition. <laughs> you had to get that in again, right? You had to get that. <laughs> well, there's the, you know, that, that's the beauty of sports. There's always next year or there's always tomorrow. Right, right. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Dr. Jarrett Conrad joining us today on Perspectives in Youth Athletics. Thank you again, Dr. Conrad. Thank you. Take care. And once again, a special thank you to Dr. Jarrett Conrad. I hope all of you listening found that as interesting and as poignant as I did. This is very, very, very controversial. And it's an issue that in many cases is uh, causing some real angst in people. And hopefully today, uh, listening to Dr. Jarrett Conrad and his perspectives and how it can impact our youth is something that we can continue to build on. To learn more about the impact of youth sports in your community and our future, visit TonySegretoSports.com. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter at TSegretoSports. I'm Tony Segreto with Perspectives on Youth Sports. Thank you for listening.